chapter twenty one of yon of the windmill this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org yon of the windmill by juliana horatia ewing chapter twenty one master swift at home rufus the ex pig minder yon and the schoolmaster it was a lovely autumn evening the same year when the school having broken up for the day master swift returned to his home for tea he lived in a tiny cottage on the opposite side of the water meadows to that on which dame datchet dwelt and farther down towards the water-mill he had neither wife nor child but a red dog with a plaintive face and the name of rufus kept his house when he was absent and kept him company when he was at home rufus was a mongrel he was not a red setter though his colouring was similar a politely disposed person would have called him a retriever and his curly back and general appearance might have carried this off but for his tail which instead of being straight and rat-like was as plumy as the prince of wales's feathers and curled unblushingly over his back sideways like a pug's it was a good one to wag his master said and apart from the question of high breeding it was handsome and rufus himself seemed proud of it since half-past three had rufus sat in the porch blinking away positive sleep with his pathetic face towards the road down which master swift must come unnecessarily pathetic for there was every reason for his being the most jovial of dogs and not one for that imposing melancholy which he wore his large level eyelids shaded the pupils even when he was brought awake an intellectual forehead and a very long vandykish nose with the curly ears which fell like a well-dressed peruke on each side of his face gave him an air of disinherited royalty but he was in truth a mongrel living on the fat of the land who from the day that this wistful dignity had won the schoolmaster's heart had never known a care wanted a meal or had anything whatever demanded of him but to sit comfortably at home and watch with a broken-hearted countenance for the schoolmaster's return from the labours which supported them both the sunshine made rufus sleepy but he kept valiantly watchful propping himself against the garden tools which stood in the corner flowers and vegetables for eating were curiously mixed in the little garden that lay about master swift's cottage not a corner was wasted in it and a thick hedge of sweet peas formed a fragrant fence from the outer world rufus was nodding when he heard a footstep he pulled himself up but he did not wag his tail for the step was not the schoolmaster's it was jan's rufus growled slightly and jan stood outside and called master swift he and rufus both paused and listened but the schoolmaster did not appear then rufus came out and smelt jan exhaustively and accepting a slight favour of being acquainted with cats to whom rufus objected he smelt well rufus wagged his tail jan patted him and they sat down to wait for the master the clock in the old square towered church had struck a quarter past four when master swift came down the lane and rufus rushed out to meet him though rufus told him in so many barks that there was a stranger within and that as he smelt respectable he had allowed him to wait the schoolmaster was startled by the sight of jan why it's the little pig-minder said he 
on which jan's face crimsoned and tears welled up in his black eyes i bean't a pig-minder now master swift said he and how's that has master salter turned ye off i gied him notice said jan indignantly but i shan't mind pigs no more master swift and why not master skymaker don't ee laugh sir said jan master salter he laughs what's pigs for but to be killed says he but i axed him not to kill the little blackin with the white spot on his ear it be such a nice pig sir such a very nice pig and the tears flowed copiously down jan's cheeks whilst rufus looked abjectly depressed it would follow me anywhere and come when i called jan continued i told master salter it be most as good as a dog to keep the rest together but a says tis the fattest and o'll be the first to kill and then i told him to find another boy to mind his pigs for i couldn't look un in the face now and know twas to be killed next month not that one with the white spot on his ear it do be such a very nice pig rufus licked up the tears as they fell over jan's smock and the schoolmaster took jan in and comforted him jan dried his eyes at last and helped to prepare for tea the old man made some very good coffee in a shaving-pot and put cold bacon and bread upon the table and the three sat down to their meal jan and his host upon two rushed bottom chairs whilst rufus scrambled into an armchair placed for his accommodation from whence he gazed alternately at the schoolmaster and the victuals with sad not to say reproachful eyes i thought that would be your chair said jan well it used to be said master swift apologetically but the poor beast can't sit well on these and i relish my meat better with a face on the other side of the table he found that too slippery at first till i bought yon bit of a patchwork cushion for him at a sale rufus sighed and master swift gave him a piece of bread which having smelt he allowed to lie before him on the table till his master laughing rubbed the bread against the bacon with which additional flavour rufus seemed content and ate his supper so you've come to the old schoolmaster after all said master swift that's right my lad that's right twas abel sent me said jan he said i was to take to my book so i come because abel axed me for i be main fond of abel abel was right said the old man take to learning my lad love your books friends that nobody can kill or part ye from i'd like to learn pieces like them you say said jan so ye shall so ye shall cried master swift it's a fine thing is learning poetry it strengthens the memory and cultivates the higher faculties take some more bacon my lad which jan did at that moment he was not reflecting on his doomed friend the spotted pig indeed if we reflected about everything this present state of existence would become intolerable at much length did the schoolmaster speak on the joys of learning and pointing proudly to a few shelves filled by his savings he formally made jan free of his books when ye've learnt to read them he added jan thanked him for this and for leave to visit him but he looked out of the window instead of at the bookshelves beyond master swift's gay flowers stretched the rich green of the water-meads glowing yellow in the sunlight the little river hardly seemed to move in its zigzag path though the evening breeze was strong enough to show the silver side of the willows that drooped over it 
jan wondered if he could match all these tints in the wood and whether master swift would be willing to have leaf pictures painted on that table in the window then he found that the old man was speaking though he only heard the latter part of what he said a celebrated inventor and mechanic and that's what you'll be maybe ay ay a great man please the lord and when i'm laid by in the churchyard yonder folks'll come to see the grave of old swift the great man's schoolmaster you'll be an inventor yet lad a benefactor to your kind and an honour to your country i'm not raising false hopes in ye without observing your qualities you've the quick eye the slow patience and the inventive spark you can find your own tools and all and don't stop where other folk leaves off witness yon bluebells ye took to make skies with but bless the lad he's not heeding me is it the bit of garden you're looking at come out then and putting the biography back in the bookshelf the kindly old man led jan out of doors say what you said in the wood again said jan but master swift laughed and stretching his hand towards the sweet peas hedge began at another part of the poem here are sweet peas on tiptoe for a flight with wings of gentle flush or delicate white and taper fingers catching at all things to bind them all about with tiny rings then bending towards the river he continued in a theatrical whisper how silent comes the water round that bend not the minutest whisper does it send to the o'erhanging sallows but here he stopped suddenly though jan's black eyes were at their roundest and his attention almost breathless there there i'm an old fool and for making you as bad poetry's not your business you understand i'm giving ye no encouragement to dabble with the fine arts science is the ladder for a working man to climb to fame in addition to which the poet keats though he certainly speaks the very language of nature was a bit of a heathen i'm afraid and the fascination of him might be injurious in tender youth never mind child if ye love poetry i'll learn ye pieces by the poet herbert they're just true poetry and manly too and they're a fountain of experimental religion and if this style is too sober for your fancy charles wesley's hymns are touched with the very fire of religious passion are your folk religious jan he added abruptly and whilst jan stood puzzling the question he asked with an almost official air of authority do ye any of ye come to church my father does on club days said jan and the rest of ye do ye attend any place of worship jan shook his head and i'll dare to say ye didn't know i was the clerk said master swift there's paganism for ye in a christian parish well well you're coming to me lad and apart from your secular studies you'll be instructed in the word of god and in the church catechism on fridays thank you sir said jan he felt this civility to be due though of the schoolmaster's plans for his benefit he had a very confused notion he then took leave rufus went with him to the gate and returned to his master with a look which plainly said we could have done with him very well if you had kept him when jan had reached a bit of rising ground from which the house he had just left was visible he turned round to look at it again master swift was standing where he had left him gazing out into the distance with painful intensity the fast sinking sun lit up his heavy face and figure with a transforming glow and hung a golden mist above the meads at which he stared like one spellbound 
but when jan turned to pursue his way to the windmill the schoolmaster turned also and went back into the cottage End of chapter twenty one